live. This day of salvation where we live before God in the eternities of our hearts. It's important for us to begin to see that God is not a weak God. God is a strong God. He's an overcoming God that no evil uh, can overthrow the throne of God. God is the overthrow of evil. God overcomes evil with good. God has uh, set forth in, in his place every diversity, every gift uh, that, is, that is in Christ Jesus to establish the sons of God in a place of authority where they reign with him. And it's an awesome place to be. I look forward every moment of every day that, that I pick up my Bible and I begin to read the scripture. And my heart begins to go into a different place. My mind begins to go into a different place. And in that place, I begin to be strengthened of the things of God. Even the infirmities of the flesh are overcome in that place to where my mind does not live uh, in myself, but my mind now begins to be established by the very word of God that, I, that is before me. Isn't it amazing how each and every one of us can testify of the time that God has come to us in the word of God? And we may not understand the fullness of it when it, when it happened to us, I know, like for Ellen, I'll never forget the time she showed up for Bible study years ago now uh, that she said, I, I had a God, God showed up. God showed up and he said, walk by faith, not by sight. And she said she was thinking about her dad. But I'm going to tell you something. We only have one father and that father is in heaven. And so when God begins to direct the thought and he says, walk by faith, not by sight. Who's going to make the way for faith to be established in the heart so that we don't walk according to the flesh? We walk according to the power of the Word of God. We walk according to the power of the Spirit. The Father is making that way for us. He has no desire for us to take that on in the flesh or take that on of ourselves because He already knows what will happen. He knows that we will fail. Isn't that why we got cast out of heaven in, in the beginning is because we took a thought thinking that we could become God without God and that we could reign from the throne of God better than God could do it himself. And in that position of thought, we left. We were, we were thrown out. And from that place, God begins to grow up and instruct his son in the way back to the throne, in the way back that he has established from the beginning in the way for us to walk. That's why Jesus, when he came, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And in the way, we find our way back to the Father. It's not, a, uh, it's not something that we imagine with our own mind. It's, it's something that's directed by the Word of God. So when Jesus comes and Jesus, and Jesus began to teach the disciples, he said, follow me. Who is he telling them to follow? God. He was telling them to follow the Christ. Follow the Word of God. And if you'll follow me, I will lead you. I will lead you into heaven itself. So when he came, he came preaching what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Right? So it begins, uh, it begins to show us in our minds that I have a way. And Jesus Christ is the way. And without Jesus Christ, there is no way. So we were talking about, before we came online tonight, we were having a little discussion about peace. Do you know that without Jesus Christ, there will never be peace in your mind? 
you will strive, you will suffer conflict, you will uh, go into thoughts that are, in your mind, you think that they cannot be overcome. You think that they will overpower you. You think that they will destroy you. And I'll tell you what, when we, are, when we think we are alone in a thought, that's exactly what it begins to do. And that should be a key sign, uh, a manifestation to us that if we're being, t- if in our minds, if we're being taken into a dark place, then I must, I must be ready to call somebody, right? The thing that we have today, haven't, hasn't God raised up seven elders that can bring judgment to the thought because they judge from the throne room of God? They're not judging from within themselves. They're not stereotyping anyone. They're not, what's the word that, ever, that the world uses so much today? When they, profiling, right? Profiling is not judgment. Stereotyping is not judgment. We can stereotype and and profile thoughts all day long, and it's not judgment. Judgment comes from the throne of God, knowing who you were or knowing who you are from the beginning. And every judgment of God begins to uh, reign in power to guide you back to where you came from. Isn't that awesome? So that I'm never... Like Tim said earlier, I am never alone in my thoughts of God. I always have witness. That's why I have the ability to converse and to talk with the elders that God has raised up. Even the deacons are available for your conversations. That God hath raised up to direct my thoughts and always directing the thoughts where? Into yourself or into the kingdom of heaven? Into the kingdom of heaven. It's a magnificent thing that God has purposed in himself from the beginning. And he never deviates the course. Who deviates the course? We do by taking thoughts and then hiding in them. That's how we deviate the course. And it happens to us too many times in, the, in a cycle of, of thought, doesn't it? It certainly does. So um, I'm going to take you to... Uh, Romans, the 8th chapter. And we're not going to spend a lot of time in this. So I want to start with um, the 26th verse. And then we're going to end tonight in, the, uh, in 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter. Because on Sunday I spoke about the healing power of God. And my testimony of what I perceived at the elders conference when it, came, when it comes to what God is effectually doing in each and every one of us, in each and every one of us today, and that when we join ourselves to God, isn't this, this is a key uh, statement. When we join ourselves to God through the power of his word, something begins to take place in the heart that causes us to know that we are in the way with Christ and it is awesome when the unity of the body of Christ begins to be effectual and the mind and hearts of those joined together in the body become changed and the healing power of God begins to establish his thoughts in the believer man I'll tell you what we must know that we have been put in a place that is above and beyond any thought of human understanding. 
So I'm going to start reading in in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans tonight. I'm going to read starting with the 26th verse. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So what's an infirmity? Isn't it a weakness? Isn't it something that we don't understand? If I don't understand something, then I'm weak in it. And so... The Spirit knows what we have need of even before we ask, because that's what the, the Scriptures say. And so, my affirmities are known of God. God knows every weakness that is in my thought. And so when God comes, whether He comes uh, by the word of an elder, whether He comes by the word of a deacon, whether He comes by the word of a believer who has, doesn't have, doesn't reign in an office, they still, you still have the Word of God. And when that Word of God comes, it comes to direct because God knows your weakness. He knows your infirmity. He knows what you have need of. And when He speaks it, all of a sudden, you are awakened by the Spirit of God to how He is directing your life, to how He is directing your thought and bringing the remembrance of who you are in the kingdom of heaven. How many of us know that we need a remembrance of God? How many times did God bring a remembrance of himself in the Old Testament? Many. I mean, generation after generation after generation, God brought the remembrance of who they were in heaven with him before the world began. And that's why he would raise up a Christ. And when he would raise up that Christ, he would give them the word of God to bring the remembrance of, of who the sons of God are so that they could come back and return and begin to worship the Father in spirit and truth once again. These are the awesome times of God directing your life. And he does it with great enthusiasm, if I can use that word. And if you've ever, if you've ever seen worship in, in the kingdom of heaven and see how the angels are before the throne of God, the angels know who he is the angels know who they are in him the angels know the purpose of god the angels know that they are purposed in god and so when god's sitting on that throne the angels know that this is the one true god the creator who hath made everything in his time everything that is perfect and what god says is perfect and that's why it overcomes every infirmity, every infirmity of your mind. And it begins to establish and reign the Word of God in you by power in the Holy Ghost. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When Paul uh, testifies of going into the third heaven, does not he testify of... Uh, hearing things that are not lawful for a man to utter, right? That's how the Spirit speaks. So it speaks the language of heaven. It speaks the language of God, which brings the unity of the faith in the mind of the believer. It's powerful. And, excuse me, and we know that all things work together. I think Tim just read this scripture. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know that every son of God is called according to the purpose of God. 
And when God awakens the word in you, he is awake, awakening you to the call of his purpose. He's making covenant with you. When he awakens you, he is making covenant with you. Did God make covenant with Adam? He did. Established it. Directed his thoughts in covenant relationship, in a covenant with a testimony of himself in Adam. That Adam would keep the word of that testimony. And if he would keep that word, he would be blessed. Did God make covenant with Abraham? Almost said Adam again. He did. Why did God make covenant with Abraham? To direct his thought. He made covenant with Abraham that if he would walk in his ways and keep his word, Abraham would be perfect before the Father. That is how God is speaking to you today. That is the thought that God establishes by every word that He speaks in every heart of every soul that is being saved. Even you, Frankie, God is speaking it to establish you in the call of God according to His purpose. Knowing that the purpose of God will bring you to an end. Actually, the end is really, truly a beginning, isn't it? The end of yourself and the beginning of a relationship with God as the Son of God. And there's where God is directing all of us. For whom He did for no. Now, is there anyone online tonight or in this room tonight that does not believe that God foreknew you? I hope not. I hope there's no one saying, I don't think God knew me. That's because it's not true. God created you. He created each and every one of you. I know He created me. Not, this is where the mind gets lost, right? Because we, when we say that, all of a sudden the mind wants to go out and look at who we are in the flesh as a natural man. No. God created you as a son. That's the son that God knows. That's the you that God knows as a son of God. And that's where he works. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. See, here it comes. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So every word of God that he speaks, does it have purpose? Yes, to form the son. It conforms you to the image of the son of God. That's why he speaks it to you. That's why we do these things on Wednesday nights. That's why we have these conversations on, on Monday evenings and on Thursday evenings and on Sundays so that every word that you hear begins to conform you to the image of his dear son. Man, how much better can it be in God than be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. That's you. You are the predestination, the predestinated thought of God. You always have been. You always will be. He always directs it in purpose. And every word that he speaks to you is to conform you into the image of his Son. Every word of God. Nothing withheld from you. Did he not give Jesus everything that he himself was everything he gave everything to jesus 
Are you not then, when you join yourself to the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to conform you into the same image, in that possession of God, God is God not giving you everything to the giving everything to the Son just as He gave it to His Son Jesus Christ? Because isn't that the body you possess? Do you possess another body other than the body of Christ? I would hope not. Yeah, you're, you're through the Word of God, you're being joined together. Unity, the perfect unity of Christ is being made in you by the Word of God. I believe Ephesians talks about that. Let me digress for just a moment and turn to that. Just so we get the aspect of it in, in our mind and have something else to go read, right? Give me just a second. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting with verse 10, and I'm just going to read a few verses here. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ. Amen? So every word that God is putting in you today, every word that God is quickening or raising you up into, it is for the purpose of putting you in perfect unity of faith so that every thought in you aligns with the thought of God. And there's no separation between you and the Father. Imagine that. Every word that God sends by an angel, by an elder, by a prophet, by an evangelist, by a pastor, by a teacher, every word that He sends is directing the thought into the purpose of God where you are being conformed into the image of His dear Son. Do you think that God's not capable of doing these things in you? Yet a lot of times, where's our thought? We look at ourselves in the flesh and we say, "Ah, I mean, I, I, I see it in the elders, but I sure don't see it in myself. Is that, is that a true thought or is that a, is that a wicked thought? That's a wicked, wicked thought that does not come from God. And when we perceive ourselves with those eyes, then it's time to get on our knees and begin to pray, isn't it? This, let the Spirit make intercession in, for you and in you. And as that Spirit makes intercession for you and in you, does He not do it according to the will of God? And are we not saying that tonight the will of God is to conform you into the image of His dear Son and put you in the place that He has created for you and He created it for you from the beginning? that He's established it through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And He did it before the, the foundations of the world. So that, and even to the point, and I love this, is the things that God, the conversation that God had with you in the beginning, you know that God entrusted it to you and you took it and you hid it in the world within so that God can send you to it to save it. 
Imagine those things. So the mysteries of God are hidden in the heart. And as He begins to give you the Word of God, it brings you to the remembrance of where those things are hidden. Where those things can be recovered. So that as you come to yourself and you begin to communicate with the Father once again, those things are remembered and God sends you to go get them. And the understanding and the wisdom of God begins to be made known in you. Those things are powerful. Those things are powerful. Who's the wisdom and understanding in God? Isn't it the woman? It's the, it's the woman. Wow. Yet, in our minds, when we say the word woman, we have a totally wrong perception of everything that she is in God. Everything. I mean, our perceptions of it are just, well, let's just look at it this way. They're totally separate from what God established in the beginning in His Son, Adam. That woman whom He made male and female in Adam. That woman, the perception of that woman in our minds has totally gone astray. But God is getting it back. He's awakening, awakening us to it once again so that we can save our world, save it all. Not in part, but in whole. Let me go on. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We've been answering those things tonight. This is the effectual working of the Word of God in you to establish these things in you to where these things begin to strengthen you and overcome your infirmities. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who's that? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. For us. Who shall separate us? Now, this is who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Think about this. How can we be separate? Have we not seen people separated from the body of Christ even in manifestation today? We have seen it. This is a great warning for all of us. Because those that went out from us were never a part of us. They never joined themselves to the Word of God. They never became a part of the body of Christ. They gave their thought over to another and committed fornication and adultery before the Lord. Do you know that the reason you're still here, the reason that I am still here, is that Word of God that's conforming us into the image of His Son, is it not going to be sent to get Him back? 
That's why we live in the eternities of God and not in a temporal world that is made with hands. We live in a world or a body that's not made with hands. We live in the eternal thoughts of God, where God reigns forever and ever. And in that, God purposes in Himself the sending forth of His sons to establish all things in perfect unity, in perfect faith, even in Him. Isn't that awesome? Let me go on. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Listen, none of those things have the power to separate us from the love of God. None of them. As it is written, for, for my sake, we are all killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more... Now listen. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. If the Spirit is making intercession for us according to the infirmities, right? God knows our weaknesses. How can those weaknesses overcome the mind? We're talking about the mind of God. How can can they do it? They cannot. Connie was so much encouraged at the conference. I love her to death. But that little that little lady, man, in her mind she worries about not being good enough in the eyes of God. Not hearing enough word of God to be saved. She worries about those things. But at the conference, I don't remember in fact I think Gary said it. Um when did Gary speak to us last? Wednesday night or a week ago Wednesday night? Yes. Gary said it so perfectly to her. Connie, you have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. You have power with God. And I'm telling you tonight, what God has joined to me, even in my wife here, that woman has power with God. She is an amazing mind that loves God and has all, I've never known an hour where she didn't love God. And if you don't think that that doesn't speak volumes to me, man, it's a marvel what God hath given to us. God hath given us many things, right? I'm telling you. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded, and this is my mind tonight, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, do you believe that tonight? I pray that you believe it tonight. Because that 
is the intercession of the Spirit of God in you, for you, to create in you a clean heart where the purpose of God is known in you and you become the called by that same purpose. Is that not awesome? In Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter, we've read it many times. We have it memorized. But God is specifically directing the thoughts of His Son, the thoughts of His people. And he's make, God is making intercession according to the Spirit for you. Let's listen to it. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, now who's speaking here? The Lord. If the Lord's saying it, should my eyes be attentive unto the prayer of my God? Should my ears, my ears be open to the hearing of the Word of God? I, shouldn't, I don't want to be in a sleep to hear it. I want to let the Word of God bring forth life in me to hear it. I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Now, what's God talking about here? The house of God. Are you not the house of God? Are you not the temple of the Lord? Has God not prepared you a place that you occupy in Himself? Jesus said, if you believe in God, believe also in me, for I go to prepare a place for you. So if I'm believing in Jesus Christ and I have joined myself to Him by the same Word of God, He has gone before to prepare a place for you and make intercession for you according to the will of God. I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people, In this world you shall have tribulation, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. I might lead you into a wilderness of unbelief. And in that wilderness I will establish every word in you and bring you out as my son. That's God. That's your God. That's the Word of God speaking to you tonight. If my people, which are called by my name, are you not the called of God? Do you not believe God? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face. It's amazing. We read just a few, a week ago, I believe it was. We could go Sunday. What happens when I look in the mirror and I no longer see myself? But I look in that glass and I am changed. I see the Lord of glory and I am changed into the same image even as by the Spirit of the Lord where all things become new. Listen, you know, a lot of times in the hearing when we hear these verses, It's almost mythical to us. And if not mythical, mystical. And we're like, well, I hear it, but that seems kind of far off. No, it's not. 
It's the Word of God. This is why God makes covenant. This is why God binds you to His testimony. This is why God shows you the revelation of Jesus Christ and binds you to the testimony of the Word of God so that now in Him, everything is purposed for His purposes, for His reasons. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what's a part? You have a part in it, don't you? What's your part in it? Turn from your wicked ways. Moses, is, Moses had to turn aside and approach God. Approach the angel of the Lord. And when he approached the angel of the Lord, turned aside and approached the burning bush, the angel of the Lord, did the call of God awaken him to God's purpose? It did. Then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal heal their land. God puts a testimony in you, you're being healed. God puts a word of God in you to awaken you to His own mind. He's healing your land. He's bringing something greater than yourself. For greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And He's awakening you to it. It's amazing how we look at, we look at even are the little world that we live in physically, right? And really, how small is that little world when you compare it to uh, the, the, the earth in the universe? How, how small is your little world? If there's, if there's, what, 8 billion people, they say now, on the planet, and there's 8 billion eternities, then how, how big is the purpose of God in you when it comes to the salvation of your world. And yet, we only can think in a, in, a, in a carnal mind. We can only think in such small possibilities or in such small capabilities that anything other than that overwhelms us completely. And when we get overwhelmed, what do we do? I can tell you what we do. We do nothing. We do nothing when we become overwhelmed. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Whose ears and whose eyes? Who's speaking? God. God has ears? God has eyes? Well, I think so. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. So, are you never going to be in the mind of the Father? Tim said it tonight. You are never alone. Dan had a writing not too long ago. And what was the title of it? God Knows. We think, if we think even for a moment that we can do something that God doesn't know, we're going to fail ourselves. Amen? So, God knows. God's attentive to you. He hears the prayer. He hears it when it's effectual, fervent, mighty, because now you have adjoined yourself 
to the intercessory prayer of the Holy Ghost, knowing the will of God. Wow. Is that not powerful? I hope these things have sparked something in your hearing tonight that just begins to bring about a growth in your mind in the Word of God. And you begin to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And God is perpetually there to know, hear, see, and be a help unto you. Can you say amen? God bless you tonight.